Continuing B'Siyat HaShemaya with Sicha Saran Ayin. Rabbi Nachman continues on the same theme as the Torah that we were learning last week about conquering HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Nitzachin, Lam Natsayach, Zamru, Lemisha, Menatzchino, Sevesameach, HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes pride and pleasure in a Jew who goes ahead and doesn't give up. That's what we learned last time. Shifting from the Midas Hadin to the Midah of Rachamim, like we had learned, about being able to access HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mercy and awaken HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mercy by showing HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by demonstrating the way in which for us it's a matter of Pikuach Nefesh. That's what we learned last week. And over here, the Rebbe continues with that theme. And I want to also tell you that Be'ez Hashem, earlier today, before I started preparing for the shir, it just crossed my mind because I had looked at the Sicha to see where we're up to and I was thinking that so many times throughout our journey so far along this class trip with the Heilig Rabbi Nachman, so many of the teachings that we've learned aligned with the Yamim Toivim or the specific time of year that we were holding by. And I was wondering, Mamish crossed my mind, we're heading up to Purim obviously, and all of us are doing achanas and, and trying to learn to prepare ourselves for this incredible day of Purim. I was thinking, you know, wouldn't it be beautiful if, uh, if we would have some connection to Purim in this Taira and lo and behold, when I started looking at some of the Perushim, on Sicha Sran that bring other additional information that we're going to be learning from that correlate to this Sicha, of course, I found Purim in these sources. And so, we're on the right track, definitely. And uh, we should continue to be blessed with this level of Siyata Deshmaya that's, that's pretty shocking and, and awe-inspiring to see playing out in our journey together through the Sefer, Ashreinu Mamish. So, the Rebbe continues, Anava Amar, and the Rebbe says, Hayutachin, he says, is it logical that we're simply allowing Hashem, so to speak, to plan gzeris in the world, to implement harsh decrees, challenges upon Am Yisrael nationally, but also each one of us individually. Hayatachin, how does that make sense? That we just sit still and we let HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kiviachal, acting through Midas Hadin to bring about such terrible tragedies and, and, and disasters in the world. And Rav Nassim comments over here that Rabbi Nachman announced this at a time where there were never terrible kinds of gzeris that were being announced in relation to Am Yisrael and Am Yisrael's functionality, where they were in Ukraine, in Russia, at that time, that there were going to be terrible decrees that were being issued against the Jewish nation. And he makes reference more specifically in the source we're going to see in a minute, in Chaim Aran Ois Vav, where this is speaking about what was called the punktin, the points. There were certain Gezeris decrees that were handed down by that particular Russian uh, government, but it wasn't like a government, so to speak. It was like a kingdom that were addressed to the Jews and to what they referred to even then as the, you know, the Jewish problem. Of course, Jews were always the problem. Um, the only reason that there's anybody to consider there being a Jewish problem is because there's the Jews and the Jewish problem. So that's uh, what kind of problem we are. So... Al-Kapanim, they had these kinds of decrees that they were issuing against the Yidin Nebuch, the harshest among them, was the decree of the Cantonists, 
where they were mamish drafting little children to the army. Mamish little children, and this wasn't a universal rule. Whereas the general draft was between the years of 18 and 24, when it came to the Yidin, they were taking kids from eight years old, eight to 18. They were taking mamish little kids, and it became clear after some time they couldn't hide it because the disparity between the numbers of Jewish conscripts and the numbers of Russian conscripts were so disparate. There, there, was, there were so many more Yidin that were being drafted, it became clear that this wasn't about the army. It was mamish about trying to uproot Yiddishkeit and trying to force kids to convert, trying to force kids, Nebuch, because there was no kosher food available, and so they all had to eat uh, treif, and, 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 and slowly but surely, Nebuch, they, they were intending, and they did accomplish the utter eradication of major chalakim of Am Yisrael, and not just talking again about adults through, through, through harsh physical circumstances, little impressionable Cheder Yinglach, Mamish, were being dragged into the Russian army. And they were called the Cantonists. And this was one of the decrees that was included in this general decree called the Punktin, these points. So that's made reference to in Chaim Aran Oizivav, which we'll get to. And it's very likely that that's what's being referred to here as well. Ultimately, even though they were speaking about these Gezeris during Rabbi Nachman's time, he said during his, during his uh, time, when they were first speaking about these Gezeris, Rabbi Nachman said that he had managed through his tefillahs and his avoida to push off these decrees some 20-odd years or so. And almost to the day, 20 years later, Nebuch, they began to implement these Gezeris. But Al-Kopanim, there was a time where there were Gezeris being heard in the world, Al-Yisrael. Ki anutzrichim, says Rabbi Nachman, we need l'kroys as Hashem Yisbarach ne'asakov, to tear Hashem away, so to speak, from his dealings, it's very radical terminology, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is busy with, trying to plot and plan, obviously for our ultimate good in some kind of way, because all Gevura is emergent from Chesed. But what we are essentially saying to Hashem is, can't it be done in a way of overt Chesed? Does it have to be Toiv that's hidden, like the Labavatcher Rebbe used to give brachas to everybody. We should be zeicha to see the Toiv hanireh v'haniglis, not just good, because everything's good. But it should be a revealed good. It should be an overt good. It should be obviously clear on the surface that this is Tov. We shouldn't have to suffer. So he says, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is planning some kind of adin, we have to pull him away from this. To call him away. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu should cast this to the waste bucket of existence, of history. And Hashem should turn to us. That we want to speak to him. We want to speak to him. And, and again, it takes a tremendous amount of holy azas, azas to Kedusha, to stand up this holy stubbornness and say, Rabbi Shalom, I want, to, I want to have a word with you. This is the king, the king of all kings, the Ein Sof, the infinite force, the Melech Machim Lachim. And we have this power. This is how obsessed Hashem is with each and every Jew. We have this power if we're only going to take it seriously. What we want to speak to Hashem about. Through doing this, we have the ability to mamish cause a Kodesh Baruch Hu to kivyachal, whatever this means, let go of these gazeris that Hashem has been planning, to call Him away and to engage with our 
totally separate and disconnected desire to be close to him and to, and to build a relationship with him. And here Rabbi Nachman says, Because when any individual Jew wants to dive into Hashem, to pour out his or her heart, listen to this powerful Lashen. And there's a Rashi that also seems to say this on Chumash. Rabbi Nachman says, As I Hashem is Barach, Mashlich Kol in Yonav, Vichalak Zeira Sheroita Ligzar Hasvashalam, Hakurish Baruch, who casts away all of his inyanim, whatever he's involved with, Vichalak Zeira Sheroita Ligzar Hasvashalam, and whatever decrees Hashem has been thinking about, again, Kivyachal, Kivyachal, about implementing, Vichalak Sakim Shaloi, and whatever he happens to be busy with, so to speak, Shuiz Baruch, Oisik Bem Kivyachal, whatever Hashem is busy with. Hashem casts all of that away. And Hashem focuses all of his attention. Again, we don't know what these words mean as they relate to Hashem. What this means. He, he turns away from doing other things. Hashem is kalyachal. He's able to be focused on that and focused on this. I don't know what it means. But on some level it's true. That Hashem casts everything away and he focuses only ish. And to pour out his heart before Hashem, to request from Hashem, that Hashem should help this Jew to come close to him. This is what kind of power our Espodidus has. That it's not just that our tefillahs are listened to, it's true that they're accepted, and even if they're not answered right away, we've been learning in the two previous uh, sessions of our classes over here at Bashirim, we've been talking about believing that tefillah is more than just a means toward an end, but the tefillah itself, the tefillah mamish itself, we learned about soif kal soif kind of thinking, the tefillah itself is a value, it's more than that, it's not just it is a value, and that HaKadosh Baruch who listens to our tefillahs, and Hashem is interested in, in what we have to say, so interested is Hashem in what we have to say, that Hashem casts away everything else that He's involved in Kiviachal, and focuses specifically on us. Mamish specifically on us, as if there's nothing else happening in the world, so much so that Xerus can be averted by virtue. It's almost like distracting Hashem, Kivyachal. And, and it, it's not, again, I'm, I, I couldn't say this. The Rebbe says this. He says we need to call Hashem away from anything else that he's doing and cause him to focus just on the Yehudi that wants to grow close to him. And this is so powerful. Because if we believed in this capacity, we would mamish be distracting Hashem all the time. If Chaz Hashem, we should hear that anything's fermenting and that something's happening that looks like it's not going to be so good for the Yid and Nebuch. There's a matzav now, I'm sure you know, in Eretz Yisrael. Terrible, terrible, the cycle of violence. Mamish, 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 terrible, 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 terrible. What's going on? How Yidin are suffering. And, um, and, and, and to be able to go out and to have some kind of impact on that process by preventing it, by stopping the process, by calling Hashem away from that, so to speak. That's a remarkable thing. That's a remarkable thing. But it boils down to our faith and our belief that this is actually true, that our tefillahs actually matter. And not only, again, do they matter, but they matter in an ultimate sense. Amish, in an ultimate sense, our tefillahs matter. And this is what Rabbi Nachman points out in Chaim Maharan which is a collection of biographical teachings of Rabbi Nachman's life and different stories and different circumstances 
um, that Rabbi Nachman experienced and different teachings that relate to different Torahs in Lakut Tamaran, in Sikha Saran. It's an amazing collection of, of, of inspirational material, Chaim around the life of Rabbi Nachman. So Rabbi Nassan over here, who wrote Chaim Aran, writes that Uba in that year that Rabbi Nachman revealed the teaching Torah Vav, the sixth lesson in Likutim Aran, Asak Rabbi Nachman was dealing very much on a spiritual level with this gzeira that we referred to earlier called the punktin, these points that included again the Indian with the Cantonists, with trying to draft young Jewish children into the Russian army. Rabbi Nachman felt so much pain, so much suffering he experienced because of this impending disaster that did actually play out many years later, but that did come to pass. And that wrought the most unimaginable kind of spiritual destruction on Jewish children and on Am Yisrael. And Rabbi Nachman was, a, was again a realist. We've seen this in our Torahs. Remember we spoke about Rabbi Nachman's attitudes toward death and so on. Rabbi Nachman is not a hopeless, you know, naive optimist. Rabbi Nachman is a realist. But because he's such a realist, Rabbi Nachman knows that this world is a very, very dark, miserable, difficult, challenging place. But still you can find hope. That, that was the Rebbe. But the Rebbe wasn't blind to the fact that this world is, is, is fraught with danger. Ma'amar, Rabbi Nachman over here says, Ki loy It's not just empty words. It's not something that, it's not something that we should just, you know, uh, push, push away or just, just ignore. The hikmid ma'oid, Rabbi Nachman was very makbid. those that were saying, Oh, this would never happen. How could this be that Hashem would ever cause such a terrible thing to happen to the Jewish nation? He was makbid, the hikbid ma'oid, on people that said that. That in his eyes, that wasn't a virtue. To have your head in the sand. The Rebbe said again and again, whoever's talking that way, it's a folly. Right? We've seen already that with all of this talk about a Kaddish Baruch being a Rachman and Kilo Chalu Rachmav and Chazdi Hashem Kilo Sam, all this is true. A Kaddish Baruch is a Bala Rachamim. We refer to Hashem in the Gemara as Rachmana, Rachmana. Hashem is Rachmana. The Torah is Rachmana. It's full of Rachmanas with all the curses and everything else called Mada Avid Rachmana, Litav Avid Toiv Hashem Lakol. We believe this. But somehow that hasn't prevented the Jewish nation from suffering terribly throughout our exile. We believe that it's for the best in some unimaginable and, and, and inexpressible way. We believe that this is for the best. We spoke about silence. Just silence, that's all, silence. We believe it's for the best. But that isn't to say that things like this haven't happened, don't happen, and won't happen. These things happen. So the Rebbe said it's a shtus for people that are ignoring the circumstances and ignoring the, way, the, the winds of change that are blowing within a society and to say, oh, that will never happen, that will never happen, that, until it happens, right? Now, why was the Rebbe so upset about this, though? Not because he wanted everybody to fall into despair and to say, oh, my goodness, there's Gezeris, you know, we're finished, we're, we're through. And the Rebbe fought mightily, as we know, against 
Yish against despair. Ancient Yish Bailam Klal. The Rebbe was upset by this naivete, and that's what it was, this naive sense of optimism. Because the Rebbe says, if you would only be awake to the reality of the threat, you may also be awake to your ability to play a role in averting the threat. That's why the Rebbe was upset about this. Not because he wanted everybody to be depressed and sad and say, okay, we're finished. There's no hope. Of course the Rebbe didn't want that. The Rebbe says there is hope, but there's hope in as much as you take things seriously. Then there's hope. But all the while that you have your head in the sand, so you so don't take it seriously that then there's taka not going to be hope because we need every Jew. We need every tefillah. We need every person believing in his or her capacity to call Hashem away from these kinds of gzeris. We have that ability, but only in as much as we take things seriously. And of course, speaking very delicately, all of us here within this an echo of the conversations that were happening in the 1930s, in the 1920s, when Hitler rises to power and slowly but surely things start to be heard, particularly in Hungary at the end, at the end, 1944. And all throughout Poland, reports are coming from the places that were affected first. And what did everybody say? It's the same thing. It will never happen. It can never happen. HaKadosh Baruch will never do such a thing. Well, guess what? He, he can and he will and he does and he did. So this is not for me to judge or for any of us to judge. It's a, we're well beyond that. We, we, we have no asaga. Once something like that happens, once something like anything happens, we have no right to open our mouth and to speak and to find fault and blame. But it's all an Indian of shtik of Ayidam Aaron. But there seems to be a very strong correlation between the attitude that Rabbi Nachman was makbid about and some of the attitudes in those communities then. And I dare say, again, some of the attitudes that some of us have today where constantly we mamish have our head in the sand and again not because we should live with this impending sense of doom but because we should be awake to the reality that yes threats are real things happen but more real than those threats is our capacity to respond to them in a powerful, meaningful way. Because again, remember, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Oyev Mishpat, but more than that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, like we learned last time, is Oyev Yisrael. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves Am Yisrael. And if all of us will stand up and will stake our claim, and will call Hashem away, Kiviyachah, from these Gezeras, we have a good chance at averting them. But the first step is not to have our head in the sand. And this is a remarkable source of a very early voice that was speaking to this kind of attitude. Rabbi Nachman was makbid. It's a very strong lashon. Hikbid ma'oid va'amar kama pa'amim shu shtus. He says it's a total folly to speak this way. And again, not because he wanted people to give up, but because he wanted people to stand up and fight. Not necessarily with weapons and not with torches burning whole Arab villages in Chalawa, you know, last night in, in Eretz Yisrael. Not that, not that way. Not that way, but with tefillah, with emuna, with elevated, big picture thinking and living and, 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 and sharing and opening and, and spreading this consciousness to the world. Humullah are its day. A violence begets violence. This is not the way. This is not the way. 
You all know this, right? This is this is not the way to go and burn down an Arab village now because 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 so this is not the way. It can't be the way. Even if we do feel a sense of vengeance in that, and that's natural after what we've been experiencing and witnessing Jewish mothers sitting mourning two little sweet, precious, innocent children. And then the news makes it sound, oh, again, all of us know this. Like it's, an old, it's old news, right? That the numbers of Palestinians that have been killed in raids, leaving out the fact that these are terrorists, most of them, and that these are raids that are built on intelligence to try to find people that are... Act- no, but that's the same thing as two little boys that are mowed down at a bus stop. So there is a sense of like, okay, this is, this is what you get. There's a, there's a taste of your medicine. There's a ta- there, there is a sense of that. Of course we feel that, but that doesn't mean that this is the way. But we need all of Am Yisrael. We need every Yid standing up and contributing to this battle. We need every Yid. And that's what Rabbi Nachman says. Rabbi Nachman spoke about this a lot. We should be very afraid, says the Rebbe, about these gezeris. And, and again, to the outsider, this sounds very unbreslev, right? Because isn't breslev just about yeah, everything's everything's good and everything will be good and you know don't, don't worry, be happy. Like isn't isn't that breslev? And the answer is no, it's not. And most people don't really know what breslev is because they don't really spend time learning the Torahs. Piece by piece, teaching by teaching. They take a little bit that they see, you know, just the, the, the cliches and the bumper stickers, and that becomes Rabbi Nachman's message. It's nuanced. It's deep. It's very, very complex and delicate and nuanced. And so Rabbi Nachman says over here, yes, there's makom to take these things very seriously, not to be debilitated by them. This doesn't mean, again, I keep on stressing, because that's taka, not breslet, right? Rabbi Nachman doesn't want us walking around under a shadow of fear. We've learned about that already. He wants that we should have a sense of optimism. But because we believe, not that everything's going to be fine, but that because things might really not be fine, we better stand up and do our part. Because we do have a tremendous kayach, and we can see to it through our tefillah and our avoida and our emuna and positive thinking... See, it's like this paradoxical, it's both, right? Our positive thinking post our realist assessment of what might happen, okay, that might move us toward this incredible place where we can break out of it, we can almost break free from these gzeras. But we should take them seriously. Don't write them off, says the Rebbe. Don't have your head in the sand. Don't say it will never happen. So it doesn't mean to shut down, to give up, but daven, and to scream out. Hashem wants us to daven. Like we said last week, tefillah is not to get us out of trouble. Trouble is to get us into tefillah. But in as much as we keep on not taking trouble seriously, we'll never get into tefillah. And so the cycle continues. We have to learn the message. What does Hashem want from us? He wants us to daven. That's it. He just wants us to, to live with Him, to daven. Not for Him, for us, Viter for us. To be able to live a life of connection so that all of humanity can become connected in the deepest way. But it happens through us and it's going to happen one way or another. Says the Rebbe, we can make it happen in a preventative way. 
before Chas Shalom having to be dragged in that direction. Maybe we can daven in a way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be mevatal gzeris. It says, works. Crying out works. It does work. That takes emuna in this to believe that tefila mamish mamish works. That our sichas Rebbe Nachman speaks about a Torah in Lukute Maran called La Shemesham Oil Behem. We're going to see that. I think it's that. Ah, no, it's a different sicha. Okay. Where Shamavor Oid Kama Vakamahim is Yagea Oz Beitim Halalu Al Oidas Apuntin Shanishmu Oz. Rabbi Nachman was so concerned, rightly so, as we see through history, after he was Nifter, they did implement these Punktin, but already that they were starting to formulate these Gzeiras, Rabbi Nachman took it very seriously. Ah, and here he says, Vehein Hein Agzeiras, Yatsabi Amenu, Babanesino Rabim, Sheish Esri Shana, Achir Stal Kusai. Says Rabbi Nachman, this is what we see 16 years after Rabbi Nachman was Nifter that they did indeed implement these punktin, but it was chust filasaynes akvad had already then said that he had accomplished with his tefillah to push them off many years. Says Reb Nassim, this terrifying thing, halavai, if people would have listened to Rabbi Nachman, because nobody took it seriously then, and so they didn't daven about it. If they had taken it seriously, but they, again, and, not that they gave up, but they had mamish gone out and spoken to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and daven to Hashem, like we did at the time of Mordechai Esther, which we're going to get to, Leich Knois Kala Yehudim. Again, it was in the Koyach of the Knisa, of the Knisia, it was in the Koyach of the Tefillah. What would have happened if the Yidin just Pashit didn't take it seriously at all? And said, ah, I don't know what you're talking about, oh, Hashem will never do that to us. Then it might have happened. Because it happened to our generation not too long ago. Shemishmar. And so there has to be an element where sure we have a Muna and sure we believe and everything's going to be, but we have to remain realists. That's what Rabbi Nachman tells us. You have to live a life of realism, not to become debilitated by it, but to be able to react accordingly. To live with truth, not blindly. To live with truth. So it says, Reb Nassan, If only they would have listened to him, to shake the earth and everything that fills it, long before they implemented these gezeres. As Rabbi Nachman, and as Kaviachal, Lahavdal, Akadosh Baruch Hu, want. If only they would have davened properly, then, says Reb Nassim, maybe we could have, it doesn't say maybe, he says absolutely, certainly, we could have avoided them altogether. But because people didn't take them seriously, people didn't daven, and then they became very serious indeed. That's Chaim Aran Oisvav. In Chaim Aran Reish Ayin Zayin, 277, it's a bit of a connected teaching. And Reb Nassim says over there, Ukfar Mavur, we've already learned La'el Oizvav, which is the piece that we just learned. He was makbid on those Sadiqim and the Gedolim that reacted to the news that there was some kind of Gezerah in ferment by saying, Hashem would never do such a thing. Everything's going to be fine. You don't have to worry about it at all. Rabbi Nachman was makbid on them. Va'amru, and he said, Shebevada. Or rather, that they said, Hashem will never do such a thing. 
Rabbi Nachman says this. They mean that this is called emuna or bitachin. It says Rabbi Nachman, no, this is not what Hashem wants. To be blind to the way in which things are developing and moving, you have to wake up. The Rebbe says they were making a mistake. Again, we've seen Kfar. There have indeed been Tsaras. There have indeed been Gzeris. May we be protected from now. Again, Rabbi Nachman himself, he took this very seriously. And Rabbi Nachman spoke a lot about these impending Gzeris that were being, that were being plotted. And Rabbi Nachman threw himself into his nefesh with a total Messias Nefesh to make Tikunim, to sweeten these, these judgments and to nullify them. And we hear, again, just knocking this point home. The point is not to make us feel discouraged and to make us feel worried and threatened. That's not the point of any of this. The point is to give us the impetus to make use of our weapon. And it's a good weapon we have. It's a hopeful weapon. It's a weapon of bitachon. We can rely on this weapon. It's called tefillah. To make use of it. That, that's all Rabbi Nachman wants. And so we hear, it says Rabbi Nachman, Uritsoina Yahaya Chazak. Rabbi Nachman's Ratzon was strong. Shekal Echor Mi Yisrael, that every single Jew, Mikol Shekan Akadaylim, certainly the great, the great Jews among us, Yirbuli Hispalal Hashem is Barachaleim, that they should daven, they should take it seriously, they should daven, Kashar Asu Aviseinam Eilam, which is what all of our forefathers did. And again, you can't make this stuff up. I couldn't have planned this, you know that. A week before Purim, we should be learning a sorry. It's, it's a pella. We've seen this again and again and again. It's such a schus. Hashem is mamish with us. Mordechai took it very seriously. We read it with the term, with, with the, with the nusach, with the, with the trap of Eicha. It was a serious thing. Mordechai didn't write it off. He didn't say, ah, everything's going to be fine. It's all good because I have a lot of emunah and Hashem will never do such a thing. That wasn't Mordechai's response. And Mordechai himself is gematria, rav chesed. Mordechai, like the Arizal says, Mordechai knew what Hashem's chesed was. He's mushrish in a place spiritually called Yesoid Abba. It's a very deep chesed, a profound chesed. A profound chesed. Mordechai understood HaKadosh Baruch Hu's rachamim. But look how seriously he took the Gezerah of Haman. Look how seriously he took it. This is our obligation too, in every generation, to be very wary of what's going on around us. To take things seriously. Not to become discouraged. Not to, be, to, to give up hope. That's the opposite of Rabbi Nachman's intention here, certainly. But to strengthen ourselves. Litzayk. Ma'oyid la'ashem izbaruch. To daven to Hashem about them. Al To be very wary and aware of Jewish history. And not to throw out these platitudes that make us feel good in the moment. But they prevent us from standing up like warriors. And doing battle, so to speak. With the Midas Hadin. To conquer Hashem. Hashem is happy when we do this. And then Hashem, who is good. Even when it's Midas Hadin, it's good. But there's another way. 
There's another way. If we voluntarily show HaKadosh Baruch okay, we're in, we're in, we're in. We don't need to be hit over any heads. We, we don't need to be forced into this. We're, we're here. We're speaking to you. We're talking to you. We're letting you into our lives. We're building for you a dear betachtoinim. We're doing what we were commanded to do. We have a relationship with you. It's a weighty thing to be a Jew. It's not a, it's not a small thing. It's a cute thing. Purim, costumes, shalachmas. It's a weighty thing to be a Yid. It's a heavy thing. It's avdos. It's a heavy thing to be a Jew. It's an amazing opportunity, but it's a major obligation. To stand up and to give our shoulders, so to speak, to that burden, to that ol malcha shamayim. Savashem atoyv yishma shabaseinu. Then a Kodesh Baruch Hu hears our tefillahs. V'yavatlim, and nullifies the gezeres. V'yahapchim letoyva, and can turn them around for the good. This is what Ibn Nachman says over here in Chaim Aran. Now all this having been said, and when I say all this, I don't just mean what we've said in the last half hour of this year, but last year as well. About, so to speak, conquering Hashem, we have to temper this very radical sounding teaching with another Torah in the over, in the writings of Rabbi Nachman, that balance this kind of approach. And that's what we've said from the very beginning. Anytime you're learning Breslov, you have to really be familiar with the all of it or reserve judgment and reserve really running with any one teaching before you see uh, the corresponding teachings because you have to get a whole picture of what the Rebbe is saying. Everything is multifaceted and it's all a series of, of tensions, you know, different things pulling in different directions. We have to take a look at another teaching, very important teaching that's relevant to this topic in Lekut Maran, and this is Lekut Maran Kuf Tzadivav, 196. And the Rebbe says like this, When a Jew davens, Al keva. Says Rabbi Nachman, don't make your tefillah keva, which of course he's quoting from the Mishnah Avos, which Al Pipshat means a person shouldn't make their tefillah so established where it's like, where it's rote, right? It's just something that we do at this time, every day. You're getting, you're daven, you know, check off the checklist and you go out of shul. But the, but the Mishnah tells us tefillah should be, tefillah it's, it's the avoid of the heart. It should be it should be an outpouring of, of, of begging for mercy, of supplications. That's what tefillah should be. That's what it means on a simple level. A Jew should not make his or her tefillah something that's established. It, it, it should maintain a spirit of spontaneity, a spirit of, of, of true uh, sensitivity and outpouring of the soul. Rabbi Nachman says that it means something else as well. What it really means here, the depth of what the Mishnah is telling us, is that ki It is forbidden for a person to position himself so strongly about anything. Al shum davar about anything, which means It is forbidden to be stubborn in our tefillah. You better fulfill what I'm, what I'm telling you. It's got to be this way. This is the only way that things are supposed to be. How could it be any other way? We don't speak like this. Again, this is the same Rebbe that spent two shi'ur now, the two teachings that we've been learning, telling us you've got to conquer Hashem, to be very careful about this. 
says Rabbi if we will do this, and Hashem will capitulate or listen, whatever this means, so Hashem doesn't change. So everything, as we're going to see very deeply in the next source, it's all part of the of the of the plan. Mirosh, as we're going to see, but that would be like stealing it. That would be like taking something bechazka bigzela. Can't be this way. However, the other side is also not true. You don't simply just allow Hashem to just quote-unquote, get away with things. Hashem wants us to be a participant in creation. HaKadosh Baruch wants us to be His partner. HaKadosh Baruch who created the world in such a way where there's an ebb and flow and we're supposed to be a part of it and we're supposed to respect our position vis-a-vis HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Gzairah. Stand up, take control. So Hashem wants us to daven about things, especially about Gzairah, as we've learned, that we take seriously, but we also take very seriously the Koyach of Tefillah. We take that seriously too, and that's the hope within what otherwise would be a hopeless experience. So Hashem wants us to daven, but it shouldn't be a tefillah that's expressed through a spirit of being mit'akesh, of being rooted and stuck and stubborn in the way that we speak to Hashem, that it has to be this way and, and, and it better not be any other way. No, this is not how we speak to Hashem. Rak tzarech, he says, what this means is, Rak tzarech lehispalel v'lehischanin l'fnei Hashem yizbarach barachamim v'tachnunim. He says, the way that we daven, of course we need to daven, but the way that we daven needs to be in a way of supplicating. In yitin Hashem yizbarach yitin, to say Rabbanu Shalom again, is very delicate. From our standpoint, it looks like something very terrible is happening. It looks like there's a, a process has been set in motion that if it reaches its final actualization will result in terrible decrees upon the Jewish people. And from our perspective, Rabbi Shalom, it's a, it's a terrible tragedy. It's a, it's a tragedy. It's a travesty. It's going to chas v'shalom cause that we should be pushed further away from you. But then we finish that sentence with imyitin Hashem So then Rabbi Shalom, if our tefillahs will impact you. Again, it's very delicate terminology. Tefillahs don't impact Hashem. as Hashem Hashem doesn't change. But if our tefillahs align with your ultimate ratzon, post us having prayed, because of the catalyst of the gzeris that were starting to be developed, so then yitain, then good. But im lav lav, incorporate into your tefillah, into my tefillah, into our tefillah experience, this kind of humility. Sure, we come to HaKadosh Baruch with a perspective. That's what Ibn Nachman wanted. To be aware of what's going on and to have an opinion about it and to take things seriously and to channel that into tefillah, to take things seriously. But to also take tefillah seriously. But at the same time, it's expressed with a certain sense of humility. We have an opinion, but ultimately, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, let your will be done. Ultimately, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's ratzen is going to come to pass. And he says, this is the depth of what Chazal mean when they tell us, that's Pshad in this Mishnah, Al Tasa Keva. Don't make your tefillah keva. Now, keva again means rigid, established, rooted in such a way where 
it's not spontaneous. It's, it's not free-flowing. That's what it means, al-pipshat. But the Rebbe says that keva can mean firmly established, but it could also connote thievery, stealing, gzela. And they've kidnapped, they've, they've stolen. They've stolen away souls. And the terminology used to refer to stealing there is keva, kava. Says the Rebbe, Al taschet tfilascha keva. Ensure that your tfilah is not, is not offered up in such a way where you're stealing from Hashem, so to speak. You're taking something by force. Nothing in Yiddishkeit should be forced. It shouldn't be by force. So a lot of things are happening here. You take things seriously. You take your tfilah seriously. You stand up and you daven. But the way in which the tefillah is offered is mahmish ka'ani bepesach, like Davra Melech Elav Shalom, loyal tzitkeseinu anachrom apilim, tachnenei lefanacha ki arachamecha arabim. Rabbi Nachman speaks in Tarachaf, I believe also, very deeply about this kind of tefillah. It, it cannot be because of our schusim, and we don't deserve this, and we deserve better. This is not the way. This is not how we speak. We have to be firm and assertive, but at the same time we leave space to recognize and realize that Kodesh Baruch Hu has a, has a plan. Now, again, his plan might incorporate having sent the beginning of Xerah to serve as a catalyst for you to get out of trouble and into prayer so that you would daven, and that now that you daven, so now things will change. That could be. But ultimately, the way that we daven is gently, with anivas, with bittal, but not with such an intense level of bittal that we don't daven at all. Right? That, that's, the, that's the delicate, it's a classic breast of tension of opposites here that results in a, in a nuanced balance in the middle. And that's a, a classic um, model for the way that Rabbi Nachman delivers teachings piece by piece by piece and you have to know all the different facets to come to what the tzaddik really intends to communicate. And that's what we're seeing very clearly over here between the pieces that we're learning from Sichas Ran and Chaim Ran, and then what Rabbi Nachman says in Lakutim Ran. And he finishes, Hainu, what this means is, whatever the person is requesting, Heim Parnasa, whether just on a local level, for Parnasa, sustenance, livelihood, Aibanim, person is davening to bring children into the world, Ashart Srachim, anything else, Asr Lehis Akesh Olam and Atzmei Betfilasai. It is forbidden for a person to daven in a way of absolute stubbornness and, um, it's a word I'm looking for, entitlement. That Hashem absolutely must fulfill His tefillah. How could it be any other way? This is called a tefillah of thievery. It's like, it's like stealing, it's like forcing Hashem's hand. That's not good. As the Mishnah is telling us, Rachamim v'sachnunim. In a way of supplication, knowing our place, and knowing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the opportunity to utilize our position to daven about things. And this is the balance that Rabbi Nachman is presenting. That is Lekut Tamaran 196. Kuv So here for the final source, let's take a look at this amazing Sefer, Koichwe Ar. Kaychbe'ar was a collection of oral traditions that were passed down through the generations of Breslover um, Sadikim from the time of Reb Nassan onward for two generations because Reb Nassan had a Talmud called Rebbe Nachman of Tulchin who was 
almost, I think he was raised by Reb Nassim from a very, very young age. He became Reb Nassim's close Talmud, and he was named after Ibn Nachman, and, and Reb Nassim took him under his wing. He was called Reb Nachman of Tulchin. So he was the third generation of Brest of Chassidim, and he had a son called Reb Avram. Reb Avram ben Reb Nachman, as he's known. So Reb Avram ben Reb Nachman. And this Reb Avram ben Reb Nachman wrote a number of svarim. This Sefer Koich Ve'ar is largely um, the compilations of Reb Avram taking all the different Breslau traditions of the previous generation and putting it into a Sefer. That's a Sefer called Koich Ve'ar. So in the section Sichas V'Sipurim, stories and, uh, and, and conversations, Ois Dalid, we find the following. Amazing, amazing, amazing thing. Rabbi Avram ben Rabbi Nachman says like this. He says, Upam achas one time, Amar Maranat Zal, which is Maharenu Reb Nassim, Maharanat. Reb Nassim was standing, Bidvarav HaKadoshim Keneged HaNavoychim, was standing in conversation with the Navoichim Shoyibu Uman. It's a reference to those that were swept up by the winds of the Enlightenment by the, maski, the, the maskilim, who he calls here the navoichim, the confused ones, the ones who were swept up by the winds of confusion within Uman and in the surrounding areas of the Enlightenment. Asher Sparu, and Rabbi Nassim was friendly with some of them. Rabbi Nassim was try, trying to be Makar of him, to be Makar of them. And Asher Sparu, and they were taking great pride in their, in their efforts, Nebuch. Lusam, that they had already accomplished so much. And he writes in parentheses, to eradicate the uniqueness of our holy nation, to wipe out the distinction that lies between Am Yisrael and the nations of the world. And to try to convince Jews that we're like anybody else and we should let go of anything that makes us different because that, they felt, was the source of all of our problems and, our, and, and, and the persecution that the Jewish nation had been experiencing all along, which of course was turned out to be mamish, mamish, not the truth, as was shown through two world wars, particularly in the Second World War where they made no distinction between religious Jew and not an irreligious Jew, made no, made no difference at all, made no difference at all. But at that point, this was the prevailing attitude. And they were demonstrating to Rabbi Nassim, this is where things are headed. This is what they were telling him. Look, we've already accomplished so much. The Haskalah movement was so profound and it swept up. There wasn't a family that didn't have one child, in many cases, multiple children, that were swept up in some kind of ism of the time and the secularist movements the Bundist movements and, and communist movements, Marxists and, 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 and the, the Enlightenment uh, uh, um, 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 move and influence that was ripping through Jewish households. It was so prolific. It was so profound. And they were telling Rav Nassim about this. They had already accomplished so much. In Rabbi Nassim's own days, in Germany specifically, right, where they had such a deep, deep, deep influence on German, on, on German Jewry. So Rabbi Nassim responded, he announced and he said, says Rabbi Nassim, okay, I hear what you're saying, but let me tell you what I think. It's clear to me, said Rabbi Nassim, that if you are successful, and you will be as successful as you claim to have already been. And that ultimately, what you're, 
your strategy, what you want, and your aim will be fulfilled, says Reb Nassim, beautiful. I want to let you know that Yaxra Aylam He says, I want to let you know that your success will mean the dissolution of the world. The world will completely cease to exist. It will revert to Tayu Vavayu. That's what will happen. That, that's, that's where things are headed, says Reb Nassim. If you're successful. And he finished because he said, because the world wasn't created for this kind of, of, of perversion, this kind of flip where everything is turned upside down. And that the distinction between Am Yisrael and the Umas are, are eradicated and where Jews are pulled away from their Torah. This is not what the world was created for. So you praise and take pride in your success because you think that you're helping the world to develop and you're helping Am Yisrael to move forward and bring the world closer to the end of history, says Rav And I want to let you know what you're getting closer to is the complete eradication of the world as we know it. This is the world going back to a place of, of confounding toyu vavoyu. That's where the world is headed. Says Avram ben Reb Nachman commenting on this story. He says it's important for us to speak a little bit at length here. What we're able to understand from Rabbi Nachman's teachings, from Rabbi Nassim's teachings, that Akadosh Baruch Hu does all of this on purpose. Of course, Akadosh Baruch Hu does this intentionally. Consciously, Hashem sends Gzeris to the world. And He causes there to be shifts within his midas, from midas ha-chesed to midas ha-din, back to midas ha-chesed, back to midas ha-din, zel-din, chesed sometimes it's midas ha-din, sometimes it's midas ha-chesed, asher eilu ve'elu divalikim chayim, that ultimately all of us know that all midas ha-din, it's, it's, it's from Hashem. And like we said in the beginning, kol ma'da avad rachman, al-etav avid, ki gavar aleinu, whatever we experience as gavura, chazdoi, it's chesed, toiv Hashem akol, it's ultimately chesed. We know this. But here he says, Mamash, a deep thing. The achdusam, but the is the unity between chesed and gvura, is what he refers to here as bakasav hashlishi gvoya me'al gvoya. Culminates in a third pasuk, which is a reference to the Midah that we have, one of the 13 Midahs, that we use to extrapolate and to elucidate the Torah, that if you have two Psukim that seem to be contradictory, so we have to wait for a third Pasuk to take one of the sides of one of those Psukim. There should be a Hachra, there should be a decisor, a decision made among these two Psukim that seem to be in dissonance. The same is true for the Midas. We have Chesed on one hand, Gvura on the other hand, and then Tiferes. Tiferes is also, in the Mekubalim explained, Klape Mate Chesed. It's a blend of Chesed and Gvura, but it leans toward the side of Chesed. What is that third element here that he refers to as Gvoya Me'al Gvoya higher than anything else? 
So he explains, This is how HaKadosh Baruch Hu unfolded the situation with the Akedah. First it was all Chesed. HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Avram this incredible news after 99 years of waiting for a son. You're going to have Yitzchak, and Yitzchak can be Yitzchak Kikarl Chazera. He will carry on your name, the building of the Jewish nation, greatest chesed in the world. And all of a sudden, this terrible decree to take this Yitzchak that HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised would produce his legacy and would bring the world to an ultimate tikkun by producing Yaakov Avinu and Yaakov Avinu, the Shvatim, the Shvatim, the Shivim Nefesh, and the Shivim Nefesh, and so on and so forth, to Harsinai, and beyond, 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 to you and me today. At the, end, at the cusp of, 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 the, of, of the, the dawn of Mashiach's coming, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells him to take Yitzchak and to sacrifice him, to bring him as a carbon. Says Rebbe Avram ben Reb Nachman, Avram Avinu didn't simply rely on the first pasuk and say, "Well, listen, they don't work out one with the other." First, Hashem says, you're going to have Yitzchak." Then Hashem says, "Take him as an oila." So forget it; they're two psukim that don't connect. So Avram Avinu could have easily said, "Okay, I'll just rely on the first one. Eh, the oila thing, the akeda, it's, it's not real. It'll never happen. I don't have to do it. I'm not engaging with that gzera at all. I'm just going to pretend as if that never happened. And instead, I'm just going to carry on with Yitzchak." That was not Avram Avinu's response. He took it seriously. Seriously. He considered this gzera to be something that was an absolute truth, and he went ad kadei about to shecht Avram Yitzchak Avinu. Now, of course, it goes without saying that even though Avram had accepted upon himself the din, you don't think Avram Avinu was davening the whole time. Please be mavatel this gzera. Please be mavatel this gzera even with taking it super seriously. But there was a tremendous amount of tefillah along the way. Very deeply, the Medrash says that Avram Avinu encountered the Yitzhahara again and again and again and again and again. The Satan externalized as a river right, that prevented Avram from going until he was up to his neck, so on and so forth. But the Mepharshim explained that that Yitzhahara must have also existed within Avram, which means that Avram Avinu had an inner battle. He wasn't quite sure. There was a part of him, again, that was ma'akesh, mit'akesh, in a holy way, to daven and to say, Barashalom, I'm mevatel my rutzen to you if this is your rutzen. But tefillah is a koyach. Ad shashem izbarach ba'atzme yichriya midas hadin, midas harachemim. Until HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself, as a result of Avram Avinu's bittel, taking the decree seriously, but also davening, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was machriyat, and the midav rachimim, va'amar lo'i, and atshiyaz v'yavay, ha'kasav ha'shlishi, was al-teshlachiyat chalanar v'al-tasle'mu'uma. Don't, don't touch him. That was the kasav ha'shlishi. But it only came about because Avram Avinu took the midas hadin seriously. There cannot be a atshiyavay ha'kasav ha'shlishi v'yachriyat b'neim if there aren't first shnei suvim. Hear the depth in this. If all we have is kas of echad, and we're not taking seriously the kas of asheni, that's makchish the kas of echad, which is the midas adin, there will never be a, a kas of ashlishi amachria, and chas v'shalom, it will just be the midas adin, if we don't take it seriously. And here again, another reference to, to Purim. V'chein Mordechai, 
And Mordechai also, Yada es kol asher nase. He took seriously Bigzar Din, Lahashmud, Laharigalabid. That was a real Xera. It wasn't for show. It was a real Xera. And Chazal say that Mordechai knew what was going on in Shemaim. There was a gzera, it was sealed, it was sealed. So you ask the question, I don't understand. If Mordechai was such a Baruch HaKodesh that he understood that the Mamish, whatever was happening in Shemaim, he must have surely known, he says, he should have surely known that this was all a big play, this was all a Purim play, that it would never happen. Shouldn't we believe what the Navi Yermio says? That after 70 years, which of course was the whole story of why there was a party in the first place, the Cheshbim, when should we count from the first Gullus and the second Gullus, when should we count those 70 years? Akopanim, he should have known for sure that this is going to end positively for the Jews. Why was he so worried? Right? Like we also believe that Mashiach's coming. However, it was because of his intention to take part in the hachra'a between Midas Hadin, I'm sorry, between Midas Hachesed and between Midas Hadin. He took it seriously. He went out and he cried and he took it seriously and he davened and he utilized this as an impetus for tefillah. Until he was able to take part in the, in the system of causing to manifest the kas of hashlishi that is machriya b'neya. To bring about this, this, this final point over here that Am Yisrael would go back and that they would be redeemed again because this is all part of Hashem's plan Hashem also knew obviously that there would be a tzaddik that would daven it, it's all part of the plan but the tzaddik and the tzaddik within me and you we need to take the gzera seriously we need to take our koyach hatfila seriously right there's koyach habachira so, of course, Hashem knew there's going to be a Gzardin and there's going to be general Midas HaChesed that we know that Hashem will redeem us and there's going to be a Tzaddik that stands up to be Machriya. Hashem knew all of this, but it's within our Bechira to choose to do so. We end here. This whole thing that happened at the end of Golas Bavel is exactly what Rabbi Nachman says. About the Pesach, it is at the opening that sin crouches. What does this mean? That when a person stands at the doorway, about to break through, about to get into a new place, in his Madrigas, in his own Avadis Hashem, and Klal Yisrael, Klalius, as we stand at the doorway on the threshold of Geula, at the door, Mamish, with our hand on the doorknob. That's when there's a cause of Hasheni Hamakhish, right? That seems to be Makhish. All the Chazals about, you know, a person that wants to come close to Hashem, Messiah in Lai. All these Mamari Chazal, about Hashem's Chesed and Hashem's desire for us to serve Him. There's a cause of Hasheni that's Makhish, all of that. That's called the Kayach Hamesis. Kemeshala and Nakim Zem, they're like battling, 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 wrestling with this. And from this, Rabbi Nassim learns that this is true 
generally speaking, about our whole nation as we stand on the threshold, that we've been waiting for. This is our dar. Things are happening. We can sense it. We can smell it. We can feel it. We can, we can feel it. We're at the threshold of Geula. There's going to be such a cause of There's going to be so many decrees and harsh things that are happening and, 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 that are, and that are in potentia to happen. Nuclear war, terrible things. Dark clouds over humanity and over the Jewish nation Bifrat. And everybody's going to be in, in, in bewilderment and that the whole world, chas v'shalom, will actually manifest and reflect this gzeira that seems to be actualizing itself within the Jewish nation. For what purpose? Not for us to give up. Not for us to feel so broken and so hopeless that we just, chas v'shalom, give up hope. On the contrary, to elicit our prayer. That's, that's the whole thing, to elicit our, our prayer. Amzu Yitzartali, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created Am Yisrael, Tihilasi Yisaperu, to use our mouths in a way of Kedusha, to talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in His Spoididus, in the regular Set Tfilas, and all the different Piyutim, to talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And in so doing, when we're able to do this, so then we become the Kosova Shlishi HaMachriya B'nehem. But the only way that we can accomplish that is by, again, not hiding behind the shield of Amuna in such a way that it's business as usual. Because that, Rabbi Nachman says, would be a big mistake. Take things seriously. Daven about them. Feel the pain of the world. Understand that Xeris can be real. And believe in the power of your tefillah. To, like we learned, pull Hashem away from all of His different asakim, whatever this means, and to cause Hashem kivyachal to focus on Am Yisrael and to be mevatel all of the gzeris. And so this is a, it's 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 not the ordinary kind of you know purim Torah. As you get closer to purim, you want to prepare. You learn something inspirational. It's intense, but it's a very very important nikuda. When we look at the model of Mordechai Hatzadik, how he reacted, the seriousness with which he took the gzeira so that he could play a part in unraveling it. Because again, we'll say it again, the purpose of tefillah is not to get you out of trouble. The purpose of trouble is to get us into tefillah. Tefillah is the end, not simply the means. And when we can do that, and we can take tefillah seriously, so then, Be'ezra Hashem, we should hear only positive news in the world at large involving Am Yisrael Befrat. And we should be zeichet to, to witness the Gula Shleim Amitas with a toiv, that's nira veniglis, that's revealed, that's apparent. Not that we have to believe beyond the surface of some terrible gzeira. No, we can mamish celebrate with it. We can see it with our own eyes. Be'ezus Hashem, in the schus of Purim, we should see gzeiras toivus an am Yisrael. V'nahapachu ashiyishlutu ayyudim heimu b'seneim. That mamish we should be zeichet to the total, total turning over of everything in a sanctioned way and not in a way of just stam hefkeirus, which is only chas v'shalom can lead to, 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 to more, to more tsaris and am Yisrael. We should be zeichet to a pitaron, you know, to the, to the ultimate answer, to unanswerable questions and to the resolution of irresolvable uh, situations that we don't, we don't have the koyach to resolve. Ein lanu amili ella alavinu shabash but like Rav Nassim says, ein lanu koyach 
We should be zeichav as a Hashem to use the kayach of tefillah to bring about kezeros, toivos, and am Yisrael Thank you so much for joining, everybody. Thank you. It's a little bit of a difficult shear, not as inspirational as usual, um, but again, it should be empowering. Chas v'shalom shouldn't cause us to be discouraged; it should cause us to take strength and to go out to the field and to dive into Hashem.